Just at the beginning of this message, we want to look back a few months to last year. Last year marked a seismic shift in the British Commonwealth. The much beloved and respected Queen Elizabeth II passed away on September 8th, 2022 at Balmoral Castle at the age of 96. And for the vast majority of us, she was the only monarch we had ever known. How many people, that's the only monarch you've ever known? That is most of us this evening. To many, she represented an era of duty and personal responsibility, both to God and country, that, that seems to have passed us by. Her death marked, in many ways, I believe, the end of an era. But if you go back a few decades, it was in the aftermath of World War II when Europe was picking up the pieces left behind in wake of Nazi domination that on her 21st birthday of the 21st of April, 1947, Princess Elizabeth was with her parents and younger sister on a tour of South Africa. And in a speech broadcast on the radio from Cape Town, the princess dedicated her life to the service of the Commonwealth. And I quote from that speech this evening. Will you, the youth of the British family of nations, let me speak on my birthday as your representative? Now that we are coming to manhood and womanhood, it is surely a great joy to us all to think that we shall be able to take some of the burden off the shoulders of our elders who have fought and worked and suffered to protect our childhood. We must not be, undaunt we must not be daunted by the anxieties and hardships that the war has left behind for every nation of our commonwealth. We know that these things are the price we cheerfully undertook to pay for the high honor of standing alone seven years ago in defense of the liberty of the world. Let us say with Rupert Brooke, now God be thanked who has matched us with this hour. If we all go forward together with an unwavering faith, a high courage, and a quiet heart, we shall be able to make of this ancient commonwealth, which we all love so dearly, an even grander thing, more free, more prosperous, more happy, and a more powerful influence for good in the world than it has been in the greatest days of our forefathers. And then the queen, or the princess as she was then, went on to say that to accomplish that, to accomplish that, we must give nothing less than the whole of ourselves. I'm going to say that one more time. To accomplish that, we must give nothing less than the whole of ourselves. There is a motto which has been born by many of my ancestors, a noble motto, she went on to say, and the motto was this, simply, I serve. Everybody say, I serve. I serve. She goes on, I quote again, those words were an inspiration to many bygone heirs to the throne when they made their nightly dedication as they came to manhood. I cannot do quite as they did. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. And she concluded 
1947 with this quote, but I shall not have the strength to carry out this resolution alone. I will not have the strength to carry out this resolution alone unless you join in it with me. As I now invite you to do, I know that your support will be unfailingly given. God help me to make good my vow and God bless all of you who are willing to share in it, unquote. Taking the throne on February 6, 1952, Queen Elizabeth strove to accomplish this commitment for well over 70 years on the throne. And as she stated in her words of April 21st, 1947, the queen could not accomplish her purpose for the kingdom alone. She understood that a free society required the commitment and the service of all, not just a few. I serve. Everybody say, I serve. I serve is a motto that seems so archaic in the 21st century world. Our motto in the 21st century North American society is actually the reverse. Instead of I serve, our motto is serve me. That is the motto of the 21st century North American society in which we live. But, but can I submit to you this evening that a motto of serve me will lead us to destruction and despair and depression and to fear and to anxiety and to addiction and to bondage. But if we adapt a motto of I serve in the kingdom, then there is life, there is liberty, there is joy there is fulfillment as I serve as I serve there's an incredible destiny on a people who adopt this attitude I serve to, to also quote the president John F. Kennedy ask not what your country can do for you but ask what you can do for your country. It's an attitude and a mindset that is reversed in the 21st century, but is actually found in the pages of scripture. I serve. You see, I didn't come here to deliver a political speech tonight. I didn't come here to, to call for community action or anything of that sort. I came with a call to service. I came with a call to serve, not in some earthly kingdom, but in a heavenly kingdom. Everybody under the sound of my voice, both in this building and online, has a call of God to service. Everybody has a call to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can I get an amen? There is a call of God on every believer, every person to serve, to give of themselves in the kingdom of God. And the necessity of this I serve mentality was not just for the British Commonwealth of the 20th century, but it was also a necessity in ancient Israel in the time of King David. 
In King David's time, his life is still revered. His kingship is still revered today. He was a shepherd and a minstrel. He was the sweet psalmist of Israel who became a man of war and he took territory and he conquered enemies of the people of God and he took territory for the nation of Israel. And while King Solomon is often revered as the wisest, King David is undoubtedly perceived as the greatest king in Israel's history. He established the nation that was teetering under the fearful leadership of King Saul and with the help of God he defeated enemies all around about the nation and established economic ties that supported the wealth that came to the next generation. His son Solomon and he, King David, expanded the kingdom of God on the earth. In the Old Testament, David was a mighty man. He was a powerful man. He was a king. He had authority. He had leadership capabilities, but his kingdom would not have thrived. His kingdom would not have grown. The people of God would not have won great victories without men who took up the sword and fought alongside their king. Those to whom the motto, I serve, was a life motto. It wasn't just a momentary commitment. It was a lifestyle. I serve. Whatever the king calls me to do today, that's how I'm going to serve. If I even hear that the king has a desire for a drink of water from a well that's behind enemy lines, I'm, I'm going to break through. I'm going to put my neck on the line, and I'm going to risk everything so the king can have what he desires. There does, there's a, a hunger in this last day. There's just a desire in my heart to fulfill that motto. Whatever you need me to do, Jesus, I serve. Whatever you've called me to do, Jesus, I serve. I'm going to inconvenience myself, Jesus. I just want to serve. I yield to your authority. I yield to your dominion. I yield to your lordship and your kingship at home, at work, in my personal life I serve I serve I serve to tell your neighbor I serve I serve I serve we read many of these men in 2 Samuel 23 and 1 Chronicles I believe chapter 11 and kind of mirror passages if you will but 2 Samuel chapter 23 tells the story. Now, we don't have time to go through everybody, so we're going to keep it short and sweet, okay? 2 Samuel 23, beginning in verse number 8, says, These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. The Tachmanite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains, the same was Adino the Esnite. He lift up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. Wow. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite. Can I submit to you that even if your daddy was a Dodo, you could still be used by God. Can I get an amen? All right. Nobody look at your dad right now, especially young people. Eleazar, one of three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines that were there, gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. Where did they go? Who knows? They ran away. But he arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clave unto the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil. 
And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararite, and the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. Again, sayonara. Everyone said, see you later. This is too hard. The enemy's too great. It's too difficult. But Shammah stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines and the Lord wrought a great victory. Can I submit to you this evening that these were men willing to die in service of their king. These were men who were willing to give their lives in service to the king. They were willing to endure extreme discomfort. They were willing to sacrifice to the utmost so that the kingdom of God on earth could be advanced so that the enemy's tactics could be thwarted. I serve was their life motto. They did not seek accolades. They did not seek rewards. They did not seek comfort. They did not seek to be served, but they only wanted to serve and advance the kingdom of God. These men that were supporting, that were underneath, that were, that were under the authority of a king. And can I submit to you this evening that Jesus is our king. Jesus is our king and he is seeking a people in this last days that is willing to cast off the model of our society that is willing to cast off that serve me mentality he is seeking a people that are willing to take up their sword fight with that sword fight until your body is so weary that you can hardly stand but to stand and fight with a passion and a vigor that nothing can take the sword out of their hands. Nothing could take the sword out of their hands. And as the disciples, you can look in the scripture and you can see that, that the disciples weren't always, didn't always have this I serve mentality. In Matthew chapter 20, you can read verse 25 after, uh, after they were arguing about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom, who was going to be the, have the seat at the right hand of God. And Jesus called them unto him in verse 25, and he said unto them, you know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over their subjects, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. Can I, say, can I tell you that's a serve me mentality? That everybody exists to make me comfortable. That everybody around me, everybody that's in my workplace, everybody in my life, if they don't make me feel good, then I don't want anything to do with them. If they don't, if they don't make me feel right, if they don't give me what I want, if I get nothing from them, then I don't want anything to do with them. That's, a, that's the reality of a serve me mentality. But it shall not be so among you. It shall not be so. Whosoever will be great among you, the Bible says, let him be what? Let him be your minister. Now, Bible school students, tell me out. What does that word minister mean? Amen. It means servant. It means servant. And you could even go so far as to say that it means slave. Whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, 
but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus is calling us to serve. Jesus is calling us to minister. Jesus is calling everybody under the sound of my voice to minister. We are all able ministers of the new testament everybody under the sound of my voice is called to take up a sword in the spirit and fight everybody under the sound of my voice is called to sacrifice as the king has called us to sacrifice let this fast forward season let this week of prayer and fasting propel us further in service to the king than we ever have been before and i've made up my mind i'm I'm not going to back up after this week to where I was before, but I'm going to continue to walk forward in service to the king. Today is not the end of a season of sacrifice, but it's the beginning of a lifestyle of service and sacrifice as the king has called in his word. He's called us to separation. He's called us to consecration. He's called us to commitment. He's called us to go above and beyond what the world would say is reasonable. He's called us to present our bodies a living sacrifice. And according to God, that is our reasonable service. I know this is not easy to hear, but God's called us to serve. If the queen can call on a whole nation, on a series of nations, the commonwealth to serve, I think the king of kings can find a willing vessel in this room that says, yes, Lord, I will serve. I will serve. I will serve. If I think about Israel's history, this is about a transition from the wilderness into the promised land. This is a transition from the mindset where all of my needs are met miraculously and everything I could ever need, if I just complain to God, he's going to put it on my plate. Then if I cross over the Jordan, the Bible tells me that manna no longer fell from heaven. There was no quail. There was no miraculous provision. It, it, Israel had to transition from a serve me mentality into an I serve mentality. And when they transitioned from a serve me mentality into an I serve mentality, Jericho's walls couldn't stand a chance. AI couldn't stand. J Jerusalem couldn't stand. Nations and, and people groups that were larger, more numerous, more warlike, they did not stand a chance when a nation said I will serve the king I'm not going to let a serve me mentality keep me in the wilderness they had to wander for 40 years because of that mentality I refuse to stay in the wilderness I'm crossing over into promise and for somebody this week this is a transitional moment in your relationship with God it's a moment where we mature from serve me to I serve it's a moment where we cross over from receiving manna from heaven to occupying the territory that God has called us to occupy to transition from just praying and, and seeking that my needs are met and, 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 and to transition into giving of myself so 
so that others can be ministered to. That is the mark of maturity in a Christian. It's not just about me, but it's about them. It's not about me, but it's about, oh God, how can I bless somebody today? How can I show your love to somebody today? How can I pray for somebody today? It's all about them. And I want to be counted among those men and women who will make I serve their daily lifestyle, their motto. I want to sacrifice daily and weekly. I want to make it a habit, not an annual event. I want to serve the king in any capacity that he calls me to serve. I'm not called to comfort and ease Bible says, woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. God's called us not to comfort, not to ease. I'm called to serve. If that leads me to a jail cell, Paul would tell you that I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I'm not called to be served. I'm not called to be served, but I'm called to serve the world around me. I'm called to show the love of Jesus through my words, through my actions, through my lifestyle. I serve. I serve. I serve. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's got nothing to do with our resume, our pedigree, our skills, our abilities. Nothing of that matters. It's just our service to the king. Such as I have, God, I give unto you whatever meager amount I might possess. Lord, I just want to be a, an instrument in your hand. I want to be, be on the potter's wheel. I want you to make me in your image. I want to I serve you in whatever you've called me to do. I serve I serve, and I serve at the pleasure of the king. I serve for the glory of the king. Not for my glory, not for my pleasure, but so that he would receive all glory and honor and dominion and power. And when the king speaks to me, I obey. I don't question it. I don't second guess it. I don't try and rationalize around it. If it's in this book, I say, yes, Lord. If the man of God, my pastor, speaks into my life, I say, yes, Lord. I submit to the authority of the king in my life. I submit to the authority of the king. Whatever you can lift up your voice right now and submit to the king tonight. Just submit to his kingship. Just submit to his lordship. Hallelujah. Like the old song says, I bowed on my knees and I cried holy. I cried holy. I cry holy. I clapped my hands and I cried holy to the Son of God. Jesus, you're the king of my life. Jesus, you're the king of my heart. God, in whatever you call me to do, I serve. Whatever you want me to do, I serve. However you want me to live, I serve. 
I serve. I serve. I serve. And this is a heavenly kingdom. And this is a heavenly army. And I'm coming to an end this evening. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10 tells us, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not in your might. Not in all the self-help books, not, not in all the things that we do to try and, and lift ourselves up, but, but in the power of his might. Be some things that, we, some of the things that, are, that are whispered to us and spoken to us in our society is how we can get self-help and we can make ourselves better. Can I tell you, that might work to a certain level, but there's an abundant life that God's called us to that we can't get to unless we, we, be, we, we rest in the power of his might. And his ability. I've seen mental health restored. But it's, it's restored in abundance by his might. And by his ability. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities. Against powers. Against the rulers of darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness. In high places. And because we wrestle against these spiritual Foes, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand, withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand, stand, therefore. I can't fight this battle without the whole armor. I can't serve the king. I can't stand in a field of lentils. I can't, I can't take down 800 Philistines if I don't have the armor on. And I don't have time to go through the whole list, but skipping down to verse number 17 tells us taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. How do we do this? Next verse. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. This is a weapon that we can't afford to lay down. This is a weapon that we can't afford to say, oh, I just don't have time. This is a weapon that we can't afford to say, oh, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just so boring. I don't know if I can do it. it. No, no, no. If the enemy gets us to lay down our sword, we have no ability to go in offense. And I don't know about you, but there's people that I'm seeking that God would save. There's, there's things I want God to do in my life. And I, if I don't exercise the sword, if I don't serve the king, and wield the sword, then I can't take territory in the kingdom of God. I must pray always. Everybody say, pray always. Pray always, always, always. Let it be an atmosphere in your home. Let it be an atmosphere in your life. Let it be an atmosphere at your job. Let it be everything to you. I need to pray always. I serve the king. He's called me to pray. And when I think about this sword and I think about David's mighty men and I think about Eleazar, 
one of those mighty men who defied the Philistines and he stood against the enemy when the enemy had caused the rest of Israel to run away. But he stood in the midst and he fought and the Bible says that his hand clave to his sword. He was so weary. He was so tired. But he said, I will never give up this sword. I will never stop swinging. I will never stop taking territory. I will never stop serving the king. He's called me into this kingdom for such a time as this. I will never stop praying. I will never stop fasting. I will never stop. I will never stop. I might get tired. I might get weary. The rest of the world might run away because of the Philistines but I'm going to stand and my hand might get tired but you're not going to get this weapon out of my hand you're not going to get it distraction you're not going to get it Netflix you're not going to get it social media you're not going to get it Hollywood you're not going to get it. Activities with my kids just going everywhere every night of the week. Uh-uh. You're not going to get it. I need to wield the sword of the spirit in my home. I need to wield the sword of the spirit everywhere that I go. If my schedule's too busy to pray, I'm too busy. I hope I'm not coming off as, as aggressive or condescending. I just, I just believe God's called us to serve and he's called us to the kingdom for, for such a time as this. And, and, and I want to be a part of what God's called me to do. And, and no amount of anything is going to take away my sword in this kingdom. And he arose, Eleazar, and he smote the Philistines. Until his hand was weary and his hand clave to the sword. And it's not us that wins the victory. But the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Or that is worship. That is the power that we have to serve and to fight with the sword. When the going gets tough, when the road gets rocky, when the enemy seems to be overwhelming, still I will serve, still I will fight. When the rest of the world is cowering in fear and despair, when the serve me crowd has dispersed because they're afraid, I will arise, I will square my shoulders, I will stand and I will fight for the territory, the promise that God has called me to the promise that God has declared over our life. I've seen revival as we sang. I've seen cities in revival. Salvation flood the streets. Don't you tell me he can't do it. He can and he's promised it as we possess it, as we walk into it, as we serve the king. My hand might get weary as we stand this evening. My hand might get weary, but I'm not going to stop swinging. 
How do we swing the sword, you might ask? Well, we talked about praying always with all prayer and supplication. There's, there is definitely an element of intercessory travailing prayer that is a weapon of our warfare and must be enacted in, in our lives and practiced on a regular basis in our lives. But can I tell you, it doesn't stop there. When we respond to anger, when we respond to irritation, when we respond with kindness and grace, even if we don't feel like it, can I tell you that spiritual warfare? When everything in you wants to tell them off, wants to tell them how bad they're doing, the job they're doing, why did you wait, make me wait so long? Why, why in the world did you do that? Why, why would Everything in you wants to just lash out when you restrain yourself and you say, and so I, God bless you, I, and you still leave a tip and you still do everything you should do. Amen? That's spiritual warfare. When I love my enemies, when I love my enemies, when I love my enemies and I pray for those who hate me, for those who despitefully use me, loving everybody is spiritual warfare. Loving everybody, regardless of race, color, creed, nationality, orientation, whoever they are, loving them is spiritual warfare. I'm called to take territory. And no matter how much in me I want to tell them, that's, that's that lifestyle ain't right. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be speaking that way. Everything in me wants to make myself feel better. But no, I'm just going to love them and say, I'm praying for you. God bless you. If you ever want to go for coffee and talk about God, I'm here for you. If you're ever going through a difficult situation, I'm here for you. I want to lift you up. I want to encourage you. We might not believe the same thing right now, but I love you. You're a child of God. That's spiritual warfare. And finally, last two verses this evening. After him, Shammah stood in the field of lentils. Again, everyone ran away. And he defended the ground and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. And I serve, as we end this service this evening, means standing in territory God has promised. No matter how insignificant it might seem to the rest of the world. If it's your home, it's your home. If it's your workplace, it's your workplace. You might be working for the sanitation department. No offense. It might stink a little bit at work. I'm just saying. They get paid good money, though. I know that. So it's a pretty good workplace. But wherever you are, if it seems like just lugging garbage every day, I'm just, I'm just going through the motions every day, I'm just doing this and that every day, can I tell you that's your hill of beans. That's your field of beans. And God's called us to take territory beyond this building and out there, out there in your home, in your neighborhood, in your apartment complex. And I, I just want to testify about what God has done in the Sunbury Seniors Complex in the past three months that God has been working 
It was about September, the end of September, we started doing those small groups. And what God has done is that we, we've seen at least six or seven new friends come in to be a part of that group. And, and, and as a part of that group, Joanne is the first lady that we have seen baptized. When I preached here last time, she hadn't been baptized yet. So they got a picture of her. They asked them, I asked them to throw it on the screen. This is Joanne coming out of the water in the name of Jesus Christ. And I, can I tell somebody that this is not because of me. This is because two ladies who are, I hope they don't get offended at me. I don't think they will. More towards the twilight of their lives than the dawn. But they made up their mind, this is my field. This is my field. It doesn't look like much. It's just a seniors complex. But there are dozens of people here who don't know Jesus, who are alone, who are hurting, who are suffering. And they have gone to war in the Sunbury Seniors Complex in the spirit. And God is, well, that's just the start. They had another brand new person come in on last Tuesday. And, and God's doing a work because they said, this is my field. I'm going to go to war. Those ladies pray every day for that building. Everybody that lives in that building, they pray every day. And they teach the word of God every week. And they go to coffee after service with new, new people. They, they invest in the field because the field matters. The field matters. People matter. Going to war, serving the king matters because his kingdom is not meant to decrease. But the Bible says that the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. At the end of this service, I don't know what your field is, but there's a call at the end of this season to go in and fight for your field whatever that field is it might not be significant it might just be a few neighbors it might just be a little family but can I tell you your field is worth your service your field is worth your service I might be inconvenienced I might lose out on a night kicking back at home in order to get out and get out and talk to somebody I might be inconvenienced but but I'm gonna inconvenience myself I'm gonna serve I'm gonna serve I'm gonna serve whatever your field is I wonder if you could lift up your hands and just say God make a commitment tonight God I'm gonna fight for my field I'm gonna serve in my field I'm gonna serve in my field God's speaking to somebody about something that you fasted this week, and he's, he's calling you to make that a permanent commitment. He's calling you to make that something that you continue to put boundaries around so that it doesn't consume you anymore. God's calling you. God's calling us. God's calling us. He's called us to service, and whatever the king says, I will do it. Whatever the king says, I serve I 
I serve in my workplace. I serve in my home. I serve when I come into this building. I serve as a volunteer. I serve. I serve. I serve as we come back to the music this evening. If you feel a call to service, and I guarantee you, if you step out of your seat and make a commitment to God, that God is going to equip you for service. We don't send any military members into the field of battle without training and equipment. Amen? And God, as you submit to serving in his kingdom, and you make decisions to prioritize serving in his kingdom. And you, and you let yourself be inconvenienced in order to serve in his kingdom. Then there is equipping. There is power. There are gifts of the spirit. There is impartation that happens as we choose to serve. And I believe as we pray around this altar this evening. That if you genuinely make a commitment to serve the king. That he will confirm his word in your life with signs following. And so if you feel a desire in your heart to serve, why don't you make your way out of your seat and just come around the front and say, God, I will serve. is wonderful that God's calling us to service. God's calling us to service. Worship team, this isn't just singing. This is service to God. I'm serving the King. I'm giving the King everything that I have. I'm giving Him my talent and my ability as such as it is, as woeful as it is. Sunday school teachers, it's more than just an hour of babysitting as we know. I thank God for all of that. But there is the Bible says that, that the promise is unto you and to your children. And, and the Holy Ghost is going to be poured out as we commit to service. In Sunday school classes, in homes, in families. Our neighbors are crying out for hope and crying out for life and crying out for something that can fill the hole in their heart. And as we give ourselves to service, to open our home and say, why don't you come over for coffee? Why don't we go to Tim's? Why, why don't we connect? Why don't I get to know you a little bit better? That there's revival there. There's harvest there. There's... As I serve, why don't you make that commitment this evening? Lord, I give myself to you in service to the King. I give myself to you, my King and my God, my Lord and my God. I serve, I serve, I serve, I serve, I serve. If all you can do 
for, for maybe physical limitations or maybe your health is not great. If all you can do is maybe when you're home, just pray, then can I tell you, that's inestimable value of service that is so valuable to the kingdom of God. Whatever it is you can do, there's a call of God to serve. There's a call of God to serve. And He will empower you. He will equip you. He will uplift you. He will uphold you. He will lead you to hungry people. He will give you the words to say. He will fill your mouth. If we will just commit to serve. Hallelujah. Make that commitment tonight. I give it all to you, Jesus, whatever the cost, whatever the cost.